Sledge Lords. Oh. The whole thing. We're back. How you doing? This is my boy Courtney. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. I almost feel like we should use this as an opportunity. We don't know what we're gonna do with Courtney. Mm-mm. Let's just make that clear. Not you, but like, you know, here at No Jumper. We know that we feel like he's talented and that he's got some good charisma to add to the mix, but I don't know if he's gonna end up on Sledge Lords or somewhere else or whatever. Like I figured that this would be a good way for us to get to know him though. I'm psyched to meet him. I liked him from the first handshake. Uh, I was a little disappointed, though, because when you said we were having Courtney on, I thought there was going to be a chick, mm. you know, maybe a porn star. Courtney Kardashian? Yo, that perhaps. Ha- that happens to be a lot. So my last name is Tapper, right? So I have the name. Like Jake Tapper? Yeah, yeah, just like him. You know that's, him? Yeah, it's my cousin. That's sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, high up at CNN, dude. Dude, my name is like a 40-year-old white woman, so I would get job interviews all the time, nice. but never wow. get the job because they think some like blonde with big tits is about to show up and then i show up and it's a black guy with big tits. <laughs> hey that, i don't mean to turn this into a red pill podcast or anything but the white women or the women in general get a call back for the job courtney over here doesn't i'm gonna take that to mean that the lives of women are much much easier than men you see that we can all be offended by your negative job interview experiences. I'm yes. telling you. <laughs> and I can take it as indicative of the whole of society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're discriminating against the black man and the white man. But I'm going to tell and you. the man man. Let me tell you how I met this guy. So we get the store on Melrose, talking like 2017 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, got a lot of people coming through, talking to me, whatever. And this guy approaches me and he goes to like kind of give me a handshake. But as I get the handshake, I realize that there's like a little plastic bag of drugs in his hand and i believe that it was like a big fat grandma and like a couple of e-pills and like a couple of big fat greens and there might have even been more like i don't know maybe like a couple of it was it was a party pack yeah what was the context what was your relationship before you made that offering this is how i met him yeah that was how i met him <laughs> did you so, know who he was oh General? yeah yeah I'm, i've always been a big fan of his content but the thing is I watched way too many movies, and I just did it like it was a movie. So I walked up to him, and I'm like, yo, what's up? Boom. And I'm holding his hand while I'm talking. I'm like, yo, I'm caught. Uh, I do this over here, so if you need any of this, just let me know, and I'll be around. And then I let his hand go, and he's just like, oh, dope. All right, cool, cool. And so this is this is the legend of that night, is because this is like kind of in the early days of me like seeing Lena, but we're not fully like – hardcore 100% together in other words I was still cheating around and stuff and there were these two girls that had came in the store earlier I believe it was who had like want had made it pretty clear they wanted to f- right mm. and this guy not Courtney this guy pops these drugs into my hand and in that moment I, I had this epiphany which was that I'm gonna tell my girl that we should f- these girls and take these e-pills together wow and that's pretty much what we did wow it's like uh, the discovery of fire. I think I'm going to talk about this at my wedding. Make a speech? I'm going to tell her family. Yeah, probably, <laughs> like maybe do a speech, yeah. Well, I'm going to be there. So if you need a ghostwriter, maybe somebody to punch up that script, <laughs> that's me, dude. <laughs> I also, also, I would love to be there and just give me a mic so I can be like doing like all of the mixtape drops in the background. Like, damn, son, where'd you find this? I think my parents would totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Courtney, how do you plan on sneaking a bunch of e-pills through Italian customs? Just get it in early. Because you got to do it, man. Yo, let me say this. Um, how dedicated are you to stretching your butthole? He's been working on it for years. Have. 
Okay. It's been a strict regimen. And right now I'm at about uh, three quarters of an inch dilation most days. Oh, yeah. With a plug. Yeah. So I could get my big toe in there. Yeah. You're damn near crowning. Yeah. Let's <laughs> crown. And I what say, is that? That's gay slang for what? No, that's like when the baby is coming out. The oh. <laughs> I thought I remembered it from some like gay thing I heard. <laughs> Corny, that's uh, that's interesting. I wouldn't expect you to know terminology about baby birth. Why not? If you want to be funny, I feel like it's your job. It's part of your job to collect terminology from various like walks of life that you realistically could probably almost never use mm -hmm. in your day to day life. But then when it comes around, like like if somebody says something about how they like trees, yes, I'll just say like, oh yeah, I'm a huge fan of Arbor Day. Yeah, and I've, they they might laugh because they might not expect me to know that Arbor Day is the day in which you celebrate trees. I didn't know that. But I totally agree with what you're saying. If you could probably come crowning, up with a better example too. Yeah. But if you say crowning, hilarious. Or if I know that a larch happens to be a variety of tree, mm. that's funnier if I make a joke about like, yeah, I was hanging out under a larch tree versus just saying I was hanging out under a tree. The, in comedy, it's the details, Courtney. And you yeah. seem to be a man who understands that. I do, man. The thing about me, I'm not one of those comedians that's going to be in there humping the stool and all that wild shit. <laughs> I make sure the words... Exactly. <laughs> you got to make sure the words are funny. So if I stand there completely still, not even smiling, the words still have to be funny. So that's what I try to rely on, the words. Are you vegan at this time? Bro, I got I this. see it on your own. <laughs> right, so look. Let me see that too, Courtney. He has a Hank Hill tattoo on his forearm too. <laughs> Bro, I got a cup of noodles on my leg. I got a bunch of shit, man. Yeah, wow. there's a cheeseburger on your right arm. Bro, it's a whole part of the story. So <laughs> back in like 2016, I decided I wanted to lie to white bitches. I was meeting that nature well. So I got a vegan tattoo. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh, hey, how, how serious are you about this? And I'm getting hella pussy. But Hell then... Yeah. I felt like, all right, I could complete this story by just going and just negating this whole motherfucking thing with a, with a cheeseburger. Nice. So I went and got a cheeseburger tattered on the opposite side. And when I when I was still, because I, I didn't stop trying to hit on these vegan bitches. So I was saying it's a veggie burger when they looked at it. <laughs> you know what keeps coming to mind with me, though, is that I feel like one inevitable criticism that I'm kind of like inviting by even calling this out in advance is that people are going to say, they're going to like do a comparison between you and house phone because the origin story is so similar because whenever I talked about house phone, I would be like, yeah, you know, I met him at a party and he was selling Coke. And so we'd be doing Coke together, yada, yada. It's pretty similar to him handing me the party pack in that story. And then, but then like, as soon as he's showing these like ridiculous tattoos, it's like, that was a big part of the house phone lore too, because he had the black flag logo made out of Xanax and shit like that. Like he had some pretty, yeah, he had some, wild some shit. pretty out there ass tattoos. But I, I would say that like, maybe you guys might fit into a similar paradigm of like hip drug dealing guys. Yeah, no, me, thing me and House Phone was like real cool and passion. I even seen him at the New York show and I stopped to like give him some good words about his situation and stuff like that. You saw that. him just like walking, you were just walking by or something? No, nah, dude, I so check this out. I was in, I was at the uh, New York show. I'm walking behind you. I'm like five feet behind you and I'm like, yo, Adam. And then I think it was either, I think it was Josh. Josh turned around and he's like, what you need? <laughs> and I was just like, oh shit. What this a Josh ass thing to say. That's this nigga done banged hash brown town. Wow. <laughs> I, mean, I, gotta, I, gotta, I just had to concede. So I, so like, I right, didn't cool. figure out it was you? No, you didn't even turn around. You kept going, and then y'all had that curtain. And me, 
I'm a very respectful street nigga, so I'm not about to just walk behind niggas' curtains like that. When you when when you go behind the curtain, I assume everybody's back there doing curtain shit. Right. So I wasn't trying to interrupt none of that. That's crazy. I actually feel like total shit about myself hearing that because I f- I feel like that is such a thing for me where like a lot of times when I'm at a event, I'll be trying to like really rush through that shit, and then somebody will hit me up and be like, "Hey, it's it's your cousin Mark." Like. Tried to say hi to you at Coachella, and you just fucking zoomed past me. (laughs) But usually they're kind of like understanding, but also like it makes me feel like a shithead for just like trying to avoid any Uh kind of normal social interaction. Yeah, he won't even make eye contact with me when the mics go cold. (laughs) Well, there is something to that in the sense that I hate fucking sitting here talking to people before the interview starts because it just feels like I'm wasting shit that like would be really good on camera. Not, not with you, but like when I'm interviewing a random person and I feel like maybe they only got like 30, 40 minutes of talking in them. Uh-huh. Yeah. If we waste five of it sitting here. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a mention that the perks kick in. You but fucked. I mean, <laughs> you could have, uh, you could have not uh, quickly tried to get me off the phone when I called you crying the other night, dude. What are you talking about? I would <laughs> gladly hear that. That would, that would be great. So. That'd be entertainment. Uh, I, I do want to bring up one thing, Courtney, because Adam, clearly at the top of the pyramid here at No Jumper. Right. Undisputed number one. Wow, But thanks. the hierarchy, you're, you're welcome. I know that's not something that's universally accepted, but about 90% of people. The number two position and the rest of the hierarchy, it gets a little bit more murky. Personally, I see myself as number two. Okay. Number two on the chain of command. Hmm. And I feel a little bit slighted, Courtney, that when you and I shook hands for the first time today, you offered me your damp post-pee right mitt. And that's what I was squeezing palms with. And there was no ecstasy to be found. Let's talk hand washing. You washing hands? Yeah, hell yeah. I'm washing hands. But then you're giving Danny a big old filthy, sweaty wet mitt to shake i i gotta admit it i walked past your car on the way in that monster with the jim crow license plate bro is not cool just because i have a confederate flag proudly displayed no you have a vanity plate that says jim hart crow i do (laughs) i do and it's embarrassing i think i might have left my clan robes in yeah, the back seat today. But, but then I see you, and then you got this fucking Edgar cut, and it's fucking, I'm just like, are oh, you throwing me off now? So I was like, fuck it, wet hand. I'm not going to lie. I was confused for a second. I was like, damn, Jim Crow, Danny, that's irresponsible. That's worse than the MLK thing. That's uh, That was a good point. You threw him for a loop there for Danny was kind of like, I, I was like, what the fuck? Well, that's because I'm so used to being accused of things like that yeah. by the staff of No Jumper that I was like, holy shit. But then I was like, oh, Courtney is just fucking setting me up for a fun little bit here. Somehow, you would, I, anybody- was searching, I was searching something the other day, and I, I realized how many clips we have of, like, Danny Mullen gets called out for being racist. Yeah. It's almost it, like it's kind of just been done at this point. It, yeah. It's And, like, there are still people in No Jumper who are accusing me of that. Like, Josh just told me that was a conversation. I want to sit down with any of these accusers and just, like, have a talk and explain my point of view from, like, the comedy bits I did. But, like you said, it, it's already been made into a bit about three times now. Yeah, and it's, like, the more you talk about it, the more convinced I would. I, I'm not convinced that, like, anybody would care. I feel like, like, when T-Rail brings it up, it's, like, I don't think, he, like, he didn't b- bother to watch the video that he was bringing up. Yeah, yeah. He just, like, he knows it's a thing. Sounds controversial. Yeah, Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. He's just fucking, you gotta fill 10 minutes sometimes on a podcast. But, okay, can we get the uh, the brief, the synopsis, I don't want to say brief, because I, I feel like it might be a bit of a tale, but so you were in L.A. for 
quite some time after that. And then at some point you ended up moving back to the East Coast. How did that play out? Was it because you were in fear of Aaron Carter? <laughs> you don't know about this. Aaron Carter and him almost had a little scrap. I love it. Yeah, that's a crazy story. But um, no, so I left um, L.A. because at the time my life had spiraled down to the point where I ended up managing dispensaries in South Central. And I'm not talking about... The nice oh ones. yeah not yeah not the nice ones the two nice ones they have in south central i'm talking about gangs trying to extort us niggas drove a van through the wall like two different like huge gang members came in there trying to extort the place they beat up the mexicans that was trying to repair the hole in the wall what what do they say when they come in and want to extort you because i've actually known a uh, quite a few people in my day who at some point worked in dispensaries in South Central and this is like the exact stories that they have of like shit getting broken into and mm -hmm. robbed over and over and over people coming in just telling them you gotta give us money but like mm -hmm. do you remember what they actually said? Dude I, this is a great fucking story and I'm glad you asked me that on this platform so hell yeah I knew questions. you know street, street guy is street guy no matter where you at and I know in all hoods across America they do not play with the nation of Islam so all I did was buy some wired glasses and a kufi, and I already had the beard, and I went down there dressed like the most righteous Muslim because I knew they wasn't going to ask me where I was from. And if they ask me where I'm from and I say Nation of Islam, I might not get shot. Why is that? Why do they fear the Nation of Islam? They have a strong presence in the prisons. Okay. So mm -hmm. that's like one thing. Like A lot of people, when they go to prison, they'll turn Muslim, not necessarily in L.A., but it happens a lot in New York and other places. Because like they their presence in the prisons are very strong, mm -hmm. and that's like one reason why you don't fuck with them in the streets. Because eventually some of those guys get out and they're still the same person. They just pray five times a day. So, you, like it's a it's a whole thing. But I love a guy who's down for a disguise. Oh love yeah, yeah, yeah. I, psh, wow. Few people have that in them to go and get a disguise and then actually wear it out in public. Well, he disguises himself as a vegan too. Yeah, yeah. But the thing that is, is pretty chameleon. similar. Yeah, yeah. When I'm not dressing like a Muslim in South Central, if I go out there like this, I look like where are you from? Mm -hmm. I look like there goes the neighborhood. I look, you know, I, I'm attracting those eyes. But I kind of feel like the metal shirts give you a different vibe. Where I feel like a lot of Crips and Bloods might take one look at that T-shirt and be like. He's not in this game. I was on the news the other day, and they said, uh, in reference to me, they was like, when you order AD and the wrong package comes or some <laughs> shit like that. So I said, AD is on his anime shit. He doesn't do the rock T-shirts. So I'm going to find the craziest rock T-shirts. So I had Dying Fetus yesterday. Nice. And now it's like uh, cattle decapitation today. Is that what that? I think I've seen cattle decapitation in a small bar in Orangeville, California. Dude, I don't think I have. It's unlistenable. I can't name one person. <laughs> <in the> <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you, you good at that. We did it the other day. So we were probably, yeah. <laughs> it was a clip from this where we did death metal voices. So he's, he's had a little practice. Dude, we can, we're trying to form a band in here. If you keep wearing those oh. t-shirts, you can be our singer. Do you play an instrument? I played 12 instruments. I didn't even know there were 12 like instruments. Like what? Yeah, name them all. Bro, cello is my first instrument. I've been playing cello since I was You think eight. Cattle Decapitation has a celloist? No, no, no. Let me go. I play bass, too. <laughs> I play electric bass. But you said name them all. So I played like everything in the orchestra, every string instrument. So cello, bass, viola, violin. And then um, I play piano. I play a bunch of different drums, timpani, xylophone, um, shitload of synthesizers. I don't normally count that, but like tuba. You're not, you're not fucking with us, are you? I swear to God, I'm not fucking with it you. It doesn't sound like it's what, uh, what is the number that designates Walt's time? 
Like, what's the time signature of Walt's time? Three, four? Yeah, he knows, dude. I, he I knows. was like one third. No, three, four. I, I knew it was like a three thing. It's three beats per measure. Quarter note gets one count. So it's like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. But what, Courtney already knew that. What's the most popular Waltz song ever? Uh, fuck. I don't know. Beats me. Uh, it's probably I, some I wedding song that I, you're going to be dancing to in I Italy. I feel like there are some, some kind of like Waltz songs out there that are, that are like popular, like in pop music, but I can't think of them. Mm, like the Beatles would screw with it. I swear I've seen somebody waltz to the dong song. I may be fucked up about it. Are but... you thinking of Cisco when he was uh, banging another dude in the ass? <laughs> that wasn't the waltz. <laughs> was he gay? Cisco? Uh, no, actually. Yo, no, honestly, that's fucked up that I just said. That. Yeah, it's out I, there. I yeah. can't confirm or deny that, bro. <sighs> it was such, true. It was such a consistent rumor that Cisco was gay back in the day, and this was like in the era where it was very, very difficult to debunk rumors because nobody had any media literacy and <laughs> people weren't really online. And I just remember really, truly believing that he was gay for a long ass time. And now I've I've heard him in interviews say that he wasn't. The the tongue ring in the fucking silver three sixty waves wasn't helping. Bingo. <laughs> it didn't matter if he had never put his dick in a guy's ass. The tongue ring and the silver hair that just did it. Mm -hmm. Do you have nipple rings? Honestly, I'm gonna guess yes. Yeah, I'm, I feel it in my heart, regardless. <laughs> yeah, perhaps even a Prince Albert. Courtney, to go back to your career as a uh, a Muslim weed manager in south central which uh god bless you by the way <laughs> I, I assume you were working because i've been reading about this my experience with dispensary raids is all through the la times but the illegal dispensaries i assume those are the ones you were working for because yeah. since they can't yeah. call up the cops like hey a dude just came in here and shook us down with a nine millimeter they're subject to that the upside though is they don't pay taxes so that's why there's an incentive for them to push through that shit because they're making so much goddamn dough Courtney, why did you have to flee the Sunshine State, though? Or is that Florida, the Sunshine State? Oh, the Sunshine's here, too. It does. It does. So why did you flee the flee the uh, the Windy City here? <laughs> so I'm working there, and then so after the shop gets super extorted, and this situation escalates until the shop gets burned down, I move to a different shop, and then that shop ends up getting raided, and I'm in jail, but ain't nobody fucking with me because I'm Muslim, right? Mm -hmm. So you brought the kufi. I didn't take that shit off. Wow. And they can't take it off for you, huh? Uh, unless they want to get sued, because if you if you violate my fake religion, I'm going to mm. actually sue you. Like, I'm suing you for real money. Yeah. Fuck it. How dedicated were you to keeping up the illusion of being an Islam follower? Like, I mean, if you, you can't come out of Carl's Jr. with a double bacon Western cheeseburger, can you? Yeah, what if they serve up hot dogs at the prison? You can't eat it? Uh, oh, the crazy dude. thing is... Think about that, man. The security guards and everybody did, they knew that I wasn't Muslim. But I requested that everybody call me Ali instead Smart. of Courtney. So Smart. Yeah. So, I mean, I would be ordering Tams. I have bacon and sausage and fries and shit like oh, so that. So it wouldn't be tripping? Like, nobody really cared that much? I mean, nobody was trying to check what I was eating. But when you see somebody with the with the hat and the glasses and the beard, they look serious about that shit. Like, yeah. Or you could just be a bad Muslim. You could be like, oh, I'm, I'm the Muslim guy who still eats bacon. Sorry, I'm not perfect. <laughs> like... I mean, because you could be the Christian guy who cheats on his wife, right? Absolutely. What's the difference? Yeah. And then, That's uh, true. Were you fake praying, Courtney? No, but I was fake telling people that I was unavailable because I had to pray, but I was just standing in the bathroom checking my phone. <laughs> Jerking off to porn? <laughs> Sometimes. Nice. Damn, you yeah. came in with a phone? Yeah. How'd you get it in? Into the... Oh, no. I'm oh, you talking about... 
Where, where? I told oh, you someone oh, I, I thought we were still telling prison stories. I'm like, how oh, do you get no, a phone no, no. I was in that bitch for like one day. Oh. I was in there with a, with okay. a couple gangbangers and a dude that beat his wife. Oh, that's oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, I guess it's easy to be fake Muslim for one day in the joint. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. That was very easy. Okay. But it's crazy when you say that because I think about my early days of like, you know, trying to get free weed and like trying to exercise the tiny amount of clout I had in like 2014 or whatever. And it was like, you know, going to dispensaries and like, you know, they let you in and you're so impressed by the weed and stuff. But this shit was all legal back then. But there was like no legal dispensaries yet or almost no legal dispensaries. So it's like they were getting shut down here and there. But for the most part, they were just kind of like floating along. And the, the, there were thousands of them all around Los Angeles, I'm pretty sure. And then over the last like, I don't know, five, six years, they've kind of just been slowly hammering away at them to the point where I don't I, I wouldn't even consider having a legal dispensary at this point, you know. It's probably the guys coming around and shaking you down for protection who are more of a deterrent than the police because the police will raid them and then the dispensary will be back in business like a week later yeah. right. because it's the government, dude. The government's so incompetent and underfunded. They're not going to have an incentive to go shut these places down like the Mexican mafia or some other dudes down in South Central will because that protection money. That's significant income, right? But if there. we start a weed truck right now, I don't think anybody's gonna fuck with us, and we can go park that shit on Melrose. Like I see it all the time of people just sitting on Melrose with a little tent and a and a table, and they're just straight selling fucking eights. Hmm. And it's like they don't have a storefront. People are walking by buying it. It's like I don't know. It's like impossible for me to imagine getting in trouble for selling weed like out my backpack here if I had that. I'm not buying street weed in L.A., man. There's too many stores that got it. Yeah, but that shit's expensive. Fucking like an eighty dollar eighth. I don't know, <laughs> but like I only I get my weed from like the homies out here. But yeah, I normally just get it off the pound. But an eighty dollar eighth is ridiculous. Like, That's what, why I'm pretty sure it is in a lot of the dispensaries. What, that is are it fentanyl? Got fentanyl in it? No, it's just oh, got no. hella taxes on it. Yeah, if there <laughs> weren't taxes, I'm pretty sure they'd still be selling it to you for like forty though. Yeah, that's why you go to the dispensaries to see you don't get fentanyl laced weed, Courtney. Okay, so you you. Get locked up for this. Then what? How does that lead to you moving back to New York? So after that, I was just tired of it. Like I, I didn't want to go back to the shop. Like I had been through a lot of shit. I was working like fifteen hour days. It was worth it. I was getting like five hundred a day, but it just was like making me tired. So I figured I would go back to New York just because I was done with L.A. Like you know, Melrose was dying. Everything was dying. Mm-hmm. Where we are, we talking twenty nineteen? Yeah, twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Before you moved to New York, did you take your pilgrimage to Mecca? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's called, fake it's called the religion. It's fake religion. <laughs> because he was pretending. I'm not saying it's a fake religion. It was a fake religion to him. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's real fake. Now, See, yeah, but after that, like, you know, I was still trying to do my thing. I wasn't going to work at the dispensary, but I couldn't go and trap because everybody was overdosing and shit like that. So it wasn't even smart to go join that shit. Like, oh, so selling pills and, and coke and stuff had kind of lost its allure because everybody dying? Yeah, every, and the thing is, people was going through sobriety breaks and shit, so like I'd be fucked up for six months, and it's like, damn. Damn, you moved back to New York, Curios- uh, curiosity leads me to believe that it might have been because I stopped doing drugs. Hmm. You were a big part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Number one client, Adam. I feel. How many times do you think I hit you up to buy drugs? I'm going to say like 10. Yeah, about 10, but the thing is, you had... A whole economy around you. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 all these people around me that yeah. wanted it too. Uh, right. wow. the trickle down economics. I had yeah. half a SoundCloud in my phone. That shit uh, was amazing. I probably was giving his number to a lot of people that I didn't even have anything to do with it. But it's like, oh, you want something? Yeah, you take this guy's number. What were you buying mostly during your drug phase? Pretty much Coke and Zans. Off court. 
Probably. Can I call you Court? Can I cut your name in half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only woman called me Courtney. I dabbled in lean and perks, but it was pretty much Coke and Zans and alcohol was my main thing for the, the Melrose years, at least. That was your shit. Yeah, and I wasn't into selling the opiates, bro, because that shit was like fucking people up. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a man of ethics. Yeah, plus... You're a Muslim. You don't want to get a call... <laughs> you, you don't want to get a call at 3 a.m. because some rapper needs one perk in Burbank. And you live in like Studio City or some shit like that, or uh, Culver City. Yeah, like, you don't want to travel that far to sell him one perk at a loss. So it's like, and that's the type of shit you get when you deal with opiates. So I wasn't selling that shit. But yeah, you got to have a mandatory minimum if you're going to be going linking up with somebody in the middle of the night, right? Yeah, but that doesn't stop them from calling you. Mm. Mm-hmm. You can I tell sleep with my phone on Do Not Disturb. Is that a no go if you're a drug dealer? Yeah, because you might miss some big shit, bro. Especially when you're selling coke, like. I went to the nigga who owns Minecraft House. I didn't serve him, Notch. so he's not he, he's not indicted on this shit. Don't okay. <laughs> but it was a bunch of people there, and I had this thing where if I was serving people who made a certain amount of money, not you, you cool, don't trip. <laughs> you bump the price up 20%? Yeah, you wasn't even making that Fousey money back then. <laughs> you, was, you was a broke boy. <laughs> that was around the Fousey era, though, for sure. But um, when people was a little rich, I would make these small-ass bags, like less than a half gram, like a point three or some shit. I'm charging $70 for that And say shit. it's a gram? Nah, I say, I don't say what it weigh. I say I got $70 bags. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I go to those parties and shit like that and serve them shits and make a grip of money. So if I do 10 bags in that party, I made $700. And as a Coke dealer? You leave your you, phone on for shit like that. Yeah, yeah. You can't really like say no to that. Even though for me at this point in my life, I kind of feel like anyone could hit me up at two in the morning about anything. And I'm like, no, I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not happening. Yeah. But that's like, I'm in a very different place in my life now. Yeah. Yeah. My Plus life, when I was doing party. all that dumb shit, my life used to randomly turn into a party. So I'll be in the bed trying to sleep 2 a.m. And then some stripper called me and she told me that five other strippers need some shit that I'm in the strip club with them until breakfast time like having breakfast with strippers fucking two of them later on that afternoon yeah because how often are you able to sort of turn the drug dealing into also a sexual experience dude (laughs) a whole lot is that considered unethical in the world of drug dealing probably mostly in the world of sex no hell no dude it comes with the job seems unprofessional to me Court. Bro, I'm going to have to tell you off camera who this lady is, but I was born in the fucking actress. Just say, we'll, we'll, be, we'll bleep it. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I was going to make some jokes about her history, but that'll probably give away who she is. Pretty Bro, much. how the fuck is she going to be doing that when she's, doesn't she have advocacy work to be doing? Most likely. Isn't that her thing? She has somebody to cancel off the I don't want to say anything She's else. She's advocating this dick. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> what a pro, dude. What a pro. Covering his mouth. He know If only we were more savvy about airing people's dirty laundry on the podcast. <laughs> I want to make fun of her so bad right now, but I just can't because everything I can think of is going to indicate who it is. Yeah, you can't say shit, dude. Wow, she was a baddie at one point, though. Hell but yeah. I'm going to be honest. That seems like it was quite a while ago. Good stuff, dude. She loved that vegan tattoo. Gordon, <laughs> how, at what point does dealing drugs become something that's liable to get the attention of the police? Um, when you make too much money. Is that it? Can you give us an income level where that starts to happen? Nah, I mean, it's, it's, it's more so about what you do with the money, too, because you can't spend it on buildings and businesses and shit like that. Like, mm. The only thing you could do is just enjoy life. And you, you can't try to make more. Like, you can't live a luxurious life. Like, with me, I, I paid my bills. 
I ate whatever I wanted. I bought whatever I wanted as far as like little bikes and shit like that. But okay, but I can only these to me would be the two ways that I could get caught if I was a fucking coke dealer. Is a I get pulled over or I'm at the wrong place and I get searched and the cops find fucking thirty bags of coke on me. That seems like probably the easiest way to get caught. And then the other way would be. You know, the cops arrest some some dude that I'm selling coke to, and mm-hmm. then that guy just spills the beans, mm-hmm. which even with that, it kind of feels like there would have to be a, a, a couple people, or there would have to be like some, some there would have to be more to it in order for the cops to then raid my house, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? Yeah, but back in those days, I don't know if this shit was 100% foolproof or not, but I was taking Ubers because I figured if he did anything illegal, you can't search me. Yeah? Yeah. It's smart. But I, I've definitely seen some people get arrested who are trying to operate on that logic. You ever see the video of Draco when he's in the back of the Uber, he gets pulled over? Yeah, yeah, that shit was crazy. They found a gun on him, and he's like, I'm a fucking passenger in the Uber. Like, he it's, like he knows that they must have been watching him on live or whatever when he's getting arrested because it's like, why would you pull over an Uber and search me? Yeah, he was so well-behaved on Harry Potter. Oh, my God. I didn't know Draco was getting <laughs> up to deal with I'll that. give you a pass on that because you actually have no idea who I'm talking about. But uh, yeah. Okay, so you moved back to New York, and at this point, are you determined to leave the streets behind, or are you just going to pick it back up right out there? No, nah, as soon as I landed, because, I right, so this is an old story. I ain't going to detail it, but I brought some shit through the airport, right? And I did not want to do that shit again. It was, it's like, yo, I'm risking too much of the rest of my life just to have money this week. Mm. So I was just like, yo, I'm not doing nothing illegal. I'm not breaking no laws. If I got to be broke, I'm going to be broke. Mm-hmm. But whatever happens, happens. Like, I'm going to figure this shit out. And you couldn't bring any of the money from your drug dealing Los Angeles life? That's fascinating to me that you just basically have to blow that money. No, because you, if you no, invest no, no, no. I, Western I, I Union. had a shitload of money left. What, what, so what do you do with it? How do you Western Union it to yourself. Shit, I had is that big, a telegraph company? No, no. you could send money like to anybody, and you could send it to yourself on the other side of the country, or you could just fly with it realistically. Because if it's less than ten thousand, you're good. But then also, you I mean, what you could put it in the bank. Bitcoin was cracking. Bitcoin. There's mad ways to mm. get around with bread. Put it on a gift card. Okay, yeah, Bitcoin makes sense for washing your money, but you can't buy stocks with it. You can't buy a house with it. That will draw the IRS's attention. You could buy some stocks. Yeah, you could buy stocks, but you can't go and get like a thousand shares of Apple. I wouldn't do that. I mean, at a certain point, I don't know. I feel like you could, because what's what's really going to happen? Like, like unless it's like an absurd amount of money that you're investing in the stock market, are they really going to? I don't know. I feel that, like that's what I'm curious. Like, where's the cutoff? Like, once you get over a quarter million a year, is that when you got to start being careful? Underneath that level, you no, no, no. The thing is, like, I, I feel like anytime you can see a million. You got to be real careful, but you always got to be careful with the once you fucking with millions, you playing around, man. Yeah. I know people who have made millions of dollars who have millions of dollars in cash and have tried to like buy property with it. And I've heard about the shit that they then have to do to clean the money where they have to like deposit small amounts of money every single month into the bank. And they have to like, you know, do all this other shit to like make it seem as if it's legit and they have to pay taxes on it and all this shit. But it's like. Yeah, I feel like in general, like buying a house is like the number one thing that you're just not going to be able to do with street money mm. because they need to verify your income so much. And if there's a fire, that's a problem with all that cash laying around. I mean, if you're, in the streets, out. if you're in the streets, what the hell are you trying to diversify for, man? The only thing you should be buying is more drugs to sell. Mm. Just do that. Reinvesting that. in your business. Might as well. You'll figure something out. So, so you land in New York and you're doing what when, you, when you're when you out there? So when I first got out there... 
I was just like fucking around with weed, which was like regular to me. It wasn't like the streets. Right. And I did that for a little while and then I started getting sick. Like I was sick for like like right when COVID started, I got sick as hell, dude. I was throwing up for like two weeks and I didn't want to go to the hospital because COVID was cracking. Wow. So I was fucked up for like a month and then I found out it was my gallbladder. So they took that out and then I found out it wasn't my gallbladder. Then I had a fucking stroke from the medicine they was giving me and all that ah. shit. What was the medicine? It gave you a stroke like how? Bro, I don't even know what the fuck was going on really, but the whole shit is still confusing to me because I ended up having another stroke after that like a year later. Yeah, and I, do you know what that one was from? I still don't know. The thing is, like, after after they took out the gallbladder, it was like some shit where, like, I had a condition with my veins where anywhere I have veins in my body, I could feel pain. Really? Yeah, then the shit. Well, like, they got veins everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. Early so I, I was hurting everywhere. They had me on Dilaudid in the hospital and all that shit. It was crazy. Do you ever miss your gallbladder? Hell no, nah, fuck that shit. Does ever does somebody ever say like you got a lot of gall and you're like, <laughs> well, less than you think. <laughs> he tries to overcharge some guy for like a dime bag. Like, you got yeah. a lot of gall charging me those rates. <laughs> hey, that's a sensitive issue. <laughs> hey guys, you're not gonna believe it. Sledge Lord's got a sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. You've heard me talk about them a bunch of times before, but basically if you're a guy who needs a little bit of extra confidence in the bedroom, Blue Chew is going to help get you there. And there are some great, great things about this, like the fact that it gets delivered straight to your house. All you have to do is head on over to bluechew.com and you can con consult with some of their medical providers who are basically going to tell you what dosage you need and what product would be best for you. And we know what you're thinking. Like, oh, does this stuff work? Well, uh, Adam's feels way harder and thicker when he gives it to me. So, yeah, it works. Yeah, guys, and they also have a new style out there. It's called Vardenfil mint-flavored chewables, and uh, the active ingredients in Levitra and Staxin are involved, so you can stay hard and fresh at the same time. So if you don't like uh, you know, swallowing pills or anything, these are a great option for you. Has it ever been easier to be a great lovemaker? No, Danny, it hasn't. And they actually get delivered to your house in discreet packaging. So if you've got a nosy mailman or a friend who likes to look at your mail or anything, don't worry. Mm. It's not going to be obvious to them what you're getting into, even though there is nothing to be ashamed of nothing. in terms of needing a little bit of help in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Would you say, Adam, that uh, Blue Chew, they are the general in a sexual revolution? I think that that is fair to say, in fact. And in fact, it's so fair to say that we have a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code SLEDGELORDS at checkout. That's bluechew.com. And you just are going to pay $5 in shipping. That's bluechew.com. And use the promo code SLEDGELORDS to receive your first month for free. But are you like... Like, okay, yeah, so you, you have your... What what the fuck is a gallbladder? That's what I wanted to ask. Bro, I think that shit filters out grease or some shit like that. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. It's a good thing you're vegan. Yeah, right? I got a lot of homies who lost their spleens riding bikes when we were younger. How? Like, you, know, <sighs> like you just fall and your fucking handlebar stabs you in the stomach and punctures your spleen. What does a spleen do? I just don't even have an inkling of what function a spleen serves. I think it cleans... Some, like It sounded kind of like what he said with the gallbladder. Like, it cleans something. So we got an appendix... A yeah, gallbladder right. and a spleen and your wisdom teeth. Think about how ignorant you and I and everyone is to like what our organs do. We don't know shit, dude. Nothing. I, I, the heart goes. The heart like, beats. Boom, 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 boom. It beats, dude. It's sick. It's got rhythm. It knows about waltz time. Yeah, don't ask me what a ventricle is. <laughs> Every day I stare at my feces and just wonder how it got that way. Like, how did this hamburger turn into this? 
Is there a lot of variety in your fecal matter? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a separate episode, but yeah. I'm more curious about why I chewed this motherfucking corn. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently not all of it. Yeah, I know I chewed this shit. It was mushy when it went down, but yet this shit done recornified in my colon, and now it's a whole kernel again. Damn, it's sort of like uh, it's sort of like every kernel is Jesus, dude. It's reborn. Because what? when I get the burrito bowl at Chipotle, I don't think about the corn after I order corn on the burrito bowl. And then I always get reminded that I ordered a burrito bowl a couple of days, well, probably the next day, mm -hmm. hopefully, when I take a shit hopefully, and I see yeah. a bunch of corn gleaming back at me. And it's not like the rice or the pinto beans or the, or yeah. the, the barbacoa. It's not like any of that transferred to the poop, but the, yeah. the corn holds on. And you got to get the corn. You got, got you. It. Because they overcharge you for everything. Like double meat is three extra bucks now. Guac's almost two bucks. But that corn... That pads your burrito bowl. It gives you more calories, and it's free, and it's e easy choice. And you can get as much rice and beans as you want. You like, can. There was a point in my life where I was getting triple rice, triple beans, and the meat in comparison, it looked like a teaspoon of meat. Man. They let you do that? Yeah, you, that's a life hack, man. That's yeah. incredible because I feel like the rice and the beans keep you full. More like the protein or the, the, the carbs like really are going to keep you full more. Yeah. That's, I was confused the other day. We went to a restaurant and they bring out a basket of bread. And I, this pissed me off because I'm so fucking hungry, but I, I don't want to eat the bread. I'm trying to be healthy. I'm trying to like wait for the, the meat to come out and everything. And I actually like got fed up with it and I Googled it. Like, why do they give you a basket of bread? Because if I'm the owner of a restaurant and I'm charging you $40 for a steak and $8 for a side of broccolini and all this bullshit, why on earth would I bring you out a bowl of bread, which mm -hmm. is way more filling mm -hmm. for free, mm -hmm. knowing that you're going to order all mm -hmm. this other food and that you're just going to be filling yourself up with the most dense thing on the menu for free? And you're guaranteeing nobody touches the dessert menu. Out of the question, if you've loaded up you're, on bread. You're certainly hurting the odds of the dessert menu getting okay. used. Yeah, And the dessert menu, boy. Yeah, that's like fucking 15 extra bucks for a there slice of gourmet cheesecake. The gist that I got from it is that the restaurants, A, it's like a holdover from olden times where it's just kind of always been done. And it also, it gives you as the customer the feeling of like, oh, this is a nice place. I like this place. Mm -hmm. They're bringing me a bowl. And even though like they do this at Olive Garden, like a mm -hmm. lot of shitty ass places too. But Those bread sticks are pretty foul. Those are probably just as much rubber as they are gluten and yeast. And I would almost argue though that despite the bread, the basket of bread being brought out that people kind of order the same way regardless and then you just like don't finish the bread and don't finish your food let me ask you this what hits the table first the bread basket or the menu because if you order and then they bring out the bread then they're just missing out on dessert from my experience it's almost always bread basket then menu i don't go to enough restaurants so you guys look like you're gonna pay the bill so <laughs> <laughs> they don't bring you the bread that'd be so no nah, you up. gotta order and then We'll Probably a put a card bread. down to some shit, and then they'll bring you the bread. Wow, you a big? Uh, well, let's get back to your drug dealing. Big bread guy. <laughs> yeah, you big? Uh, <laughs> you uh, like bread? Any like uh, white or sourdough? No, yeah. Uh, let, tell me more about. You. So you lost your gallbladder. You had COVID in New York City. No, I didn't. No, have it was COVID. just during COVID. Oh, excuse yeah, it was me. During COVID. Excuse me. Yeah, you thought you had COVID. No, it, I never thought I had. I thought COVID. You, you said you thought you had COVID when you were throwing no, it was up during the pandemic. He just yeah, he just said during, during COVID. Yeah, that's that's how black people say pandemic. They say COVID. During, say COVID. during COVID. During yeah. COVID. Mm. Mm. Okay, I just you didn't even for a come on bail me out. You didn't even for a second be like, hey man, maybe I should go get one of those at home tests. No, we checked it, but it, I, I wasn't having COVID symptoms. I was, like, fucked up. 
All right. They're growing up and shit. But so then how does you being a drug dealer and having multiple seizures, like how does that translate into you starting to do podcasts and stuff out there? Yo, I so I was laying down sick. I had to learn how to walk again. And my homie was doing some, uh, my homie at the time, was doing some man on the street content. And he brought me, he invited me to 42nd Street to do some, uh, you know, do some interviews or something. So I went up the, there. I told some Billy jokes. on the street? Wait, what? <laughs> Our boy Billy from the boom. Oh, no, nah, it wasn't Billy. It was some other dude. That's the guy with the TV show, right? Yeah, the guy who put out your favorite movie. What movie? The, the gay movie. Bros. Oh, the Billy guy who was complaining it about Iker? it? Yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot that that was that guy. Yeah. What if him and Courtney were just fucking... Tapped in. Uh, selling yeah. him coke and doing man on the street <laughs> skits together? That's why his energy level's so high when he's doing that shit. Sorry, Court. Nah, so uh, I did an interview on there, and the shit went viral. It did like 30 million views in like three days, and everybody was saying, this guy should be a comedian, this guy should be a comedian. So I said, fuck it, I'm a comedian now. Nice. And then along with that, the dude had a podcast, so... He was saying, like, everybody was saying, yo, bring him on the pod, make him a special guest. So I went on there. I was a special guest. Like, I was rocking out with them for a while. I really started growing. And then, you know, things ended over there. That's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to be messy about that situation. It didn't happen publicly. Mm -hmm. So um, things ended over there. I started my own podcast, but I just kept podcasting. When I did it, I felt like it was the right thing. Cause I done had so many conversations with different people throughout all of my careers, mm-hmm. whether it's working a South Central weed shop or selling coke to various types of people. I'm talking mm-hmm. rappers and actresses and actors and bums mm-hmm. and people who cook it into crack and smoke it mm-hmm. and shit like that. So mm-hmm. there wasn't a, a person that I couldn't speak to, and I felt like I was good enough at speaking to get paid for this shit. So I just kept it going. Bam. I'm beginning to think that handful of drugs he gave you, best investment he ever made. Man, it's pretty good. I tell you that even much. if it hadn't transferred into doing on camera stuff, it still probably was a pretty good investment at oh, that yeah. time. At that yeah. time, yeah. Samples. It's just it's amazing how doing something like that for somebody, how much that can pay off. Just a good first impression. You know, a metaphorical handful of drugs. <laughs> Have you, you ever a- watched The Wire? I haven't. It's like a whole thing where like they give out samples of the crack. And then, like, you know, why would you give out free crack? Well, because people get addicted to it, and then yeah. they keep coming back and robbing anybody they know to get money to buy it and everything like that. And I know? wasn't trying to get Adam addicted, but I felt like... <laughs> but you would have gladly. <laughs> you would have gladly continued to serve me if I did show up, like, disheveled, no clothes on, wearing a literal barrel to yeah. cover my nude body. <laughs> I, I would have fucked your life up. Me. I would have fucked your life up, for sure. You could have came in there as Adam 12. But and- I don't... If I had had, like, a really dark period in my life where I was was like you know basically like homeless or, or had to go to rehab or some stuff i still wouldn't be able to blame you for being a capitalist no yeah I, I didn't want nobody to blame me because i did have harm reduction like there were certain people that you know i wouldn't sell to like, i'll go to studios and i'll see certain rappers and i'm just like yo if this is for your mans your mans gotta wake up and buy this shit I'm That's not, smart. Wow. Yeah, I'm not serving no sleep, nigga. He's he already seemed like he already out of it. Mm. So if he wake up and I can confirm, like you know, he's on his feet, he could, like he was just sleeping, he wasn't out of it. Then yeah, you could have it. So just to back up, Courtney, if Adam approached you and uh, as he said, he was wearing a barrel <laughs> and he was wearing newspaper <laughs> a shoes, sign of poverty is wearing a barrel. <laughs> 
is that? That came you know, from like, some cartoons and shit back in the day. I, there's got to be somebody in the 1800s who was like Irish yeah, and yeah, got, yeah. he lost his job on the railroad and he had to clothe himself with a barrel. But these niggas used to cut sleeve holes in the barrel. Oh, you yeah. got to, dude. You got It's got to be a functional garment. <laughs> I always thought that was the funniest sign of poverty in like Looney Tunes cartoons. Oh, it's the best. I'm out here rocking the barrels in the broomstick with the bandana on it. Oh yeah. I, I'm gonna have every Slug oh, yeah. fan search. Man who is so poor that he has to wear a barrel on Google, and I am sure that something will come up. I yeah. want to pull it up. I would love to see a turn of the century photograph of a guy from Poland with little hash marks of dirt on his face wearing the fucking barrel. But if Adam approached you with the barrel, newspaper shoes on, and said, Courtney, let me suck your dick for an ounce, do you sell it to him? Wear that to your wedding, dude. I think it's a Halloween costume. Is your wedding a costume party by any chance? Oh my god, see, this is what it really would have looked like back in the day. Is that real? Please, everybody, Google uh, image search I this. You'll be able real. to find what uh, I'm talking uh, about. I, I, I don't know. Cattle ranch, dude. Florida memory. He might Man be a rodeo barrel. clown. He might just be a rodeo clown, dude. That's really like the the modern incarnation of the barrel wearer. Is yeah. the rodeo clown? What does wearing a barrel mean? The bankruptcy barrel is a visual symbol oh, primarily shit. of the 20th century used in cart. There is a Wikipedia article about this used in cartoons and other media as a token of destitution, not intended to be realistic. It consists of a suit made of only a wooden barrel held on by suspenders, <laughs> indicating that the subject is so poor that he's unable to afford even clothes. So I guess it's not like a real thing. It was like a symbol in old timey films. Where yeah. They probably didn't even have like audio or, or vocals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to, you answer you, to answer your question, though. If Adam offered to suck my dick for you said an ounce? Yeah, <laughs> you can play with the amount, but let's say an ounce, sure. I'm going to give him the ounce and advise him to not suck dick. That's always tough. Send and, me to electroshock therapy yeah. with Mike Pence, maybe. <laughs> the thing is, like, you immediately need it, but I'll give him the ounce and I'll give him a crazy-ass speech, but you're not about to just put your crack lips on my dick. Like, <laughs> like no. Did you, did you know the guy who was responsible for uh, Mac Miller's uh, overdose? Yes. Because I feel like the drug dealer scene, it can't be so big. You got to like cross paths with these Yo, guys, the right? The crazy thing is, the nigga who uh, served Demi Lovato and the nigga who served Mac Miller, I knew both of them niggas, bro. Really? The shit was crazy, yeah. And the funny thing is, the nigga who served Mac Miller, he was a cool ass nigga, bro. Like, yeah. Well, he served the nigga that served Mac Miller. He got caught up in that shit, but he was cool, bro. He was a weirdo, but he was cool. He, he, he did a lot of dope, but... He was cool. He had a Benz and a little small-ass little teacup Yorkie or some shit like that. Lena at one point got an apartment off Craigslist with like three dudes or some shit and ended up living with this guy and didn't even know he was a drug dealer. Wow. That's yeah. a good drug dealer right there. No, nah, he was great at that shit. He was, he was weird, but he was great. And the funny thing is, even with the small dog, he always carried some serious guns with the attachments and shit. Yeah, you had a gun when you were going out doing all this shit? Yeah, yeah, I used to carry two guns everywhere in L.A. Like, it was stupid. What's, your, had, stupid. what's your weapon of choice? Uh, three eighty. And then my backup weapon. Danny, try to imagine what that might look like. What's a three eighty? A gun. Yeah. I figured. Uh, it's, a, it's a burst of thunder, so it looks like a Walter PPK. I haven't played enough GoldenEye recently. What's a Walter PPK? Is it one that goes like... The gun that Hitler shot himself with. You, you familiar with Hitler? <laughs> but not, <laughs> not, the murder, not the murder weapon. There we go. <laughs> Okay, not the exact gun that Hitler shot himself I know he with. was in a bunker no, he, and he shot himself, he, he used right? The, he used the Walter PPK. But not the one that you used to defend yourself on the streets. I heard that Hitler nah. killed himself in a CPK. <laughs> California pizza? <laughs> it's just a rumor. Un margarita pizza! Go doey! Mitch doey! 
Yo, the crazy <laughs> thing is, you did that shit mad well, and I can't even complain about it because you do jujitsu, right? I uh, he goes to Hitler imitation classes. I do. Yeah, that's really what I, I do. I believe you. That's where the hair is going. I, I do jujitsu, but I I've been doing this bit lately in stand up about how they come to anti-Semitic shit. You better not use the Jew in jitsu, bro. I'm trying to I'm trying to live. But go ahead. Well, no, Josh is in the building right now, so I can't. <laughs> but I've been doing this bit about jujitsu. How like every I get so much undue respect from jujitsu because really jujitsu is becoming more of a fucking sport. You start on your butt now on the ground so the takedown training is lacking you're not preparing for things like fighting on a hard surface or multiple people coming and jumping you so it's really not as deadly like you don't have to be afraid of me Corey. i just don't want to get kicked in the head i don't know how to do that um i i i don't we don't learn kicks in jujitsu quick side note john jones Choking that motherfucker out up against the cage took him like Beast. thirty seconds of squeezing. Like, didn't even look like he had like a good position to get the fool. Like, he's the he's like a three hundred pound monster, and John Jones just chokes him out like that. That was unreal. You see that, dude? I did. He's like, there are a percentage of people on this earth who are athletic in ways that we can just never understand. Mm. Like, all of John Jones's brothers are freak athletes in the NFL. Like, just their coordination, their core strength. It just we. We, you and I could do every steroid known to man and train for our entire natural lives, even if we started when we were 10. And there's hey, nothing we could do about that. But that was a, a good look for dad bods everywhere because yeah. John Jones came out there looking like he was on the same program that Court's on, and mm. all of a sudden he fucking still just – demolishes the dude because people thought he was going to come back as a heavyweight yeah. and then he was going to be some huge brawling monster. Instead, he got a little belly and shit. Yeah. Didn't matter. Unbelievable. Have you ever considered selling John Jones drugs? <laughs> If he, he could wanted some, if he wanted some back in 2018, yeah. Oh, dude, I'm sure he did. I'm fucking sure he did. Go he was in Albuquerque. Little, he would have to make a little road trip. A little stint in Albuquerque. Albuquerque. I know mad people who like lived in Albuquerque during his reign and would tell me that like he was a consistent presence at the bars. They knew people who would party with him. Like, he was really treating himself like a totally normal guy, mm. which is Really, probably not a good idea. This I mean, is, that's because he can fuck you up. Like, what are you going to do? Run down on John Jones? This is a semi-unrelated, but it's about famous people in bars. Did you see Patrick Mahomes' brother? Oh, my God. A fucking forcibly making out with a chick. Did you see this, Courtney? Yes, I did. And that kid is the worst person in the world before he did this. He is. Why do we hate he's him bad. so much? Is it just because he's a TikToker whose brother happens to be an incredible athlete and we just like seeing them side by side? It's like, no, this is a man. This mm -hmm. is not a man. This mm -hmm. is a TikToker. Mm -hmm. You just got to do more, man. Like your brother is the greatest quarterback around right now or mm -hmm. one of, and you just want to do TikTok dances? Like your brother is accepting his Super Bowl trophy and you and that bitch doing the woe and shit yeah. like that. But his that wife is, is like that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Jackson in particular, though, I mean, he was dancing on the dead player from the Redskins number, his retired number on the sidelines. And I think that's what people hate more than anything is people. First of all, people in unearned positions of power universally, that's a turnoff. But when they're flaunting the unearned power, which is what Jackson does, is that power? Where he's at, he never has to work again. Yeah, he does he, like he does tours of his luxury apartment on YouTube, and oh, fuck. I mean it's power, dude. Yeah, I mean Jack Patrick's making guaranteed like what three hundred million dollars, and he's probably going to make a lot more in his career. I mean the State Farm ads, he's making over half a billion dollars by the time he retires, guaranteed. Jackson's never going to have to work again. The wife's never going to have to work again. That's power, and. 
I'm just impressed, or I'm, I'm not impressed. I'm just very confused, actually, that he was kissing a girl. Yo, that yeah, that's, that threw me for a loop. What I didn't that think it, that was going to be his deal. No, I was trying to explain it to Lena, too. I'm like, if I'm an NFL quarterback, it's not like I'm like going to war, but basically it's like I'm going to war. It's like I'm going out there. I am basically have to become a hero for the whole city during this. I'm putting my body and my life on the line. The least you can do is show a little bit of empathy and just be quiet. Don't make it about you. Don't mm-hmm. be screaming. Don't be doing the TikToks, etc. Like mm-hmm. when you see UFC wives by the ringside, yeah. I mean, they're usually pretty like quiet and like respectful of the importance of what's happening. I feel like seeing somebody make it about them in a situation in which this person's livelihood and their body are on the line is mm-hmm. just like it's something that we never really thought that much about as a society, but we can all agree now, having seen them, that it is gross. Yeah. The thing about Jackson that I don't like, he just seemed like the type of dude. Like, remember when the DeMar Hamlin thing happened? I feel like wild dude was knocked out cold. Jackson would have been. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably assume he was. Yeah, yeah. He, w- he would have. If that was who they were playing, I-, I feel like that's the type of kid he is. And I just need proof that he's not that person, and I'll hate him less. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get that proof. No, no, but he's that person. He's We know he's straight now, though. But so. my boy Jamari had he's just... by. Yeah. Yeah, but my boy Jamari had just made a video talking all about how annoying this dude was and how annoying the wife is and everything, and then, like, a few days later, maybe a week later, he gets caught up for this charge of, like, forcibly kissing the bar owner or whatever. So before, we only didn't like him because we thought he was annoying, and now it's like, oh, no, you are an abuser. Mm-hmm. Now we have a real reason to dislike you so i have no idea where his career goes from here and you're doing like some 1952 ricky carter ricky ricardo <laughs> abuse yeah like get over here you dame well, yeah. i'm gonna play one on you like what is this humphrey bogart shit you trying to do <laughs> like gone with the wind carrying yeah. the bitch up the staircase yeah maybe this whole thing was orchestrated to uh, dispel the notion that he's gay maybe he's like fuck it i'll take the charges i don't care i'm just tired of getting called a homo <laughs> that voice is crazy. I've do seen you, what you did. Dude. Do you think he has to stay in the closet because he doesn't like? Maybe that's the the one line he won't cross in terms of taking the attention off of his brother. The one line he won't cross is publicly say he, say being gay. gay. But no. that's all. That's going to be a big deal. Everybody's going to nonstop talk about that if he comes out. But yeah, maybe true. he is straight. He's just giving gay to us. That would mm-hmm. make Pat look way more like marketable if he accepts that oh shit. yeah they'll probably start like, getting brand deals like, together exactly think about when uh Dwayne wade's uh daughter joined the it's, uh laundry yeah. match giving back the quarters it's like <laughs> what the wait wait what is that was the laundry bag back but no because it's like it would be is that is that a thing but there's no g oh wait yeah yeah laundry mats giving back the quarters Damn. And it was perfect, but then they added like three more letters and a plus sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like laundromats giving back the quarters. Yeah, that's not inclusive. It doesn't include indigenous people. <laughs> yeah. Laundromats giving back the quarters in Arkansas. <laughs> plus. Bro, I, I would love to be in your shoes the first time you're at a bar talking to a girl and she's like, oh my God, I've always wanted to date a BIPOC person. <laughs> Is that Is it possible? <laughs> I would have been like, listen, bitch, I'm I from Brooklyn. Bi. I don't listen to Tupac. Because I know, I know bi is a prefix for two, and I know who Pac is. 
No, it's black, indigenous, and people of color. Nigga, that is Latinx for black people, and we do not fuck yes. with it. If I, I was black, it. I would be so annoyed. Like, why can't I just be black? Why are you trying to lump me in with hella other people? Bro, the only people I hear say BIPOC and Latinx and all this shit is y'all, because y'all been getting canceled for being racist for so long. Y'all got to tread the thinnest line ever. We're already canceled. We only say it to acknowledge the hilarity of the state of affairs that we currently live in. Yeah. yeah. And, and I sarcastically, I'm a little bit Spanish, so sometimes I sarcastically call myself Latinx to just like try to deflect <laughs> cancellation. But Adam and I have been talking about this. White people these days, like we can't be fucking racist anymore because there's just so much heat on you. Mm. Like, and that's why we're so desperate and nervous and shaky. We're like, uh, BIPOC, Latinx, what's the current politically correct term? We're just so scared to be racist. Whereas like Mexicans and Asians and black guys can just like call it as they see it. Whereas white people, we're out of the game, dude. We've been fucking benched dude, in the I, game of racism. I feel like it's only right for marginalized people to marginalize themselves. Because I'm going to tell you a true story. I went to this Louis Vuitton party in April, right? And I meet a girl there, right? Quote, and, <laughs> and she's like, be talking outside and shit like that. Once I realized, like, you know, she had the extras, I wasn't going to stop talking to her. I'm with my homie. Like, it's just a conversation with a cigarette. So... She's like, oh. Is a cigarette code for her dick? No, no. <laughs> She's like, oh, by the way, my name's Optimus. Mm. And I'm like, Optimus? She's like, yes, I'm a transformer. I'm Optimus Prick. <laughs> Bro, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Can you say that shit? Like, I, I'm, I'm not calling you that. What, what, what did your mother name you? Because <laughs> calling you Optimus Prick is crazy. Well, if it, you can't dead name her, though, Courtney. You yeah, can't if you take her home. Name. If you take her home and you refuse to call her Optimus Prick, then you, my friend, might be a hate monger. Yeah. I'm starting to suspect you are, Courtney. Shit, I'm going to have to call her OP or something. I <laughs> didn't give her a nickname. So you never had a sexual encounter with a trans person? No, not yet. Mm, we got to work on that. Mm -hmm. I or, know you got the access. <laughs> yeah, I know a few. Yeah, I know a couple great, great yeah. trans ladies. Uh, there's uh, one whose initials are GJ, who would be <laughs> a great toe-in-the-pool experience for you. Nah, I ain't trying to do that shit. <laughs> And if, you, if you'd like to have a, a straight-up gay experience and perhaps get your ass choked out afterwards, we know a guy for that as well. I'm good, bro. I, I'm not trying to do no, 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 no impossible pussy, and I'm not trying to fuck Danny, so... Come on, I'm man. not talking about Danny. We got somebody else to do Danny's dirty work. Uh, did the part of you that played with Transformers as a kid get a boner when she said her name was Optimus Prime? Because I loved Beast Wars, dude. It's like the... Argh. I didn't play with Transformers when I was dude, younger. Megatron? Fucking... Nah, I was poor, man. We played stickball. Damn, dude. Damn, And we had no stick. It was just handball. What, what area in New York did you grow up in? Uh, when I was younger, I grew up in Bed-Stuy, but when I was like 10 or 11 or something, I moved to the projects in Fort Greene. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. How old are you, Court? I am 42. Really? Really? No, no I'm 32. What the fuck? 32, <laughs> 32. I'd just add 10 years to I just fuck with see me. I just want to what I can get away with. <laughs> you could have fooled me. Like, I guess. I would have been like, damn, 42. But my, my the whole thing that was going through my head was like, Damn, you're kind of immature for a 42 year old, huh? <laughs> but you're also very, you're mature too. I mean, I tread the line. Like, seasoned. You coming in here with like a shitty Hello Kitty tattoo, like beneath that, you're, you're like a deep dude, but you come in not taking yourself too seriously on the surface. I mean, there's like a dying lady on your shirt. That's what and, I'm saying. Uh, Anybody who takes themselves too seriously should go fuck themselves. I like it. Yeah, like laugh at yourself, live, you know, comfortably. But I just wonder. Like how you and your mentality on it might change if you were in here and there was like 15 Crips and they just decided to be like, yo, what's up with the dying fetus shirt? 
Oh, I would lean into that, dude. Like, I'm a funny guy. I don't give a fuck. I never heard this band, but it seems crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, I tell them straight up, I was shock value, and I didn't want niggas like you approaching me. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> so, good bar. What if somebody runs in here going, and he's got dynamite strapped to his vest, and he's pissed about you fronting? You got to do what you got to do, my brother. If you if you come in here on that mission. <laughs> You, you, you got to answer the mission? tone. That's not my problem. Tone is going to handle that shit. Okay, so Tone's got to maybe strap, uh, stop potential suicide bombers who want revenge because you represented yourself as a Muslim. I feel like Tone could bring world peace. That's a big motherfucker right we there. We never know who Tone is tapped in with, though. Oh, dude, he might be part of the Muslim Brotherhood, too. Or dude, he might be affiliated. What if, uh, dude, what if a fatwa gets declared on our boy Courtney, though? I'll tell you what. If Tone came in here in a suicide vest... Checkmate, motherfucker. Oh, it's done, dude. <laughs> yeah. But Tone like, has like an NFL player's body. I feel like he would choose something else to do with his life. Then yeah. blow himself up? Yeah. He could just come in and punch everybody to death one by one. When you picture a suicide bomber, don't you picture someone who like probably doesn't have a lot of other good options in life? Yeah. Uh, but that's they, why oh, Osama bin Laden is freaky is because they said he was really tall and good looking. I mean, I dispute that. I've seen pictures of him. Well, as an old man. Mm, that's true. But I think that like he because he was kind of like a hero to the whole jihadi world for but a period of time. He had motherfuckers doing his dirty work. He wasn't blowing himself up. Boss. Boss. That's the smartest ones. If you if honestly, where you want to be in the caliphate? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the caliph. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I want to be the caliph. Dude. Get me as far away from the bombs as possible. Osama bin Laden wasn't making vests. He didn't touch the bombs. Smart man. But you got to give it to OBL because he is a person No, the who, fuck you didn't. What? You can't call him that? <laughs> oh, dude. Is this Osama bin Laden? We're being showed a photo of Osama bin Laden in a gi and, yeah. with a black belt. He's a black belt? Let me find out. He Osama. outranks you. He's taking the back. We don't know that's Brazilian <laughs> jiu-jitsu, okay? That might be Jeet Kune Do. Okay? Also, he might have had enough power that he was able to just demand a black belt. Like, oh, do, yeah. do you feel like if Putin started training jujitsu, that they would just give him a black belt on like class four? I think that's how it works. I, I mean, it's who, like you're going to tell him no. It's like getting an honorary degree, dude. Yeah. But uh, what if uh, what if Osama bin Laden was at like a strip mall in New Jersey, like while he was studying in, at Columbia or something, and he was like, "I like to learn martial arts," and he's in there next to a bunch of like five year olds learning how to break a sheet of <laughs> like plywood. Wait, so he went all the way to <laughs> yeah, he went Kramer. all the way to a black belt in judo just to get hit with the two two three. I know, right? <laughs> you know the caliber of the weapon that took him out, and the caliber of the weapon that took out Hitler. Well, Joe Budden did an interview with the guy who uh, killed. Bin Laden and I didn't watch it, but I thought it was kind of interesting that Joe Budden like branching out outside of hip hop, and he was like, "All right, let's let's talk to this dude." Yeah, I, I like that interview. That Did you, was, you watch it? Yeah, hell I gotta yeah. check it out. Yeah, that guy was doing the circuit for a while. The guy who killed Osama, like he really? was on the Full Send podcast. He was doing stuff with oh, Steve. Will okay. do it. He yeah. made his rounds. Nigga why? Did, why not? He did an on the radar freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what that is, probably doesn't seem that funny. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing you got to give OBL is just that he clearly, really, truly believed what the fuck he was doing because a lot of these, like you know. Uh, different like religious leaders basically like when you look at like a joel what is it joel olstein and mm -hmm. shit he lives in the lap of luxury mm -hmm. osama was living in a dirty ass fucking like when they caught him he was in this bum ass house mm -hmm. he's having to stay in the basement all mm -hmm. the time he can barely fucking leave the house everything like you know you gotta really believe in your mission if you're gonna live in poverty mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. how much of his life i wonder was spent in that bum ass basement i think like pretty much definitely everything after uh, 9-11 yeah much. I don't know much about his career. I mean, I should, uh, that's an autobiography or a biography I got to read. Well, maybe our, our resident Muslim could look into it for yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about it? And, uh, the spiritual side of Bin Laden and his quest? 
Bro, thank you for calling him Bin Laden and not OBL. <laughs> because that shit was fucking with me. But it sounds too much like OBJ. Nah, I mean, I've I've heard nicknames like in the hood we call him Bin Laden Daddy. Hmm. But because <laughs> I had Sean Bin Laden in here yesterday, and oh. I asked him, I'm like, it's an interesting choice of name for somebody from New York City. Sean, he's Bin a rapper. Mm. Yeah, I know you. Thank you. Yo, do you guys remember when they said the Taliban was selling bootleg DVDs? No, were they? Like after nine eleven, they was like, "Oh, if you buy pirated DVDs, you're supporting terrorism." Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. I do remember them trying to say that, and I remember thinking like, "This logic seems a little wishy washy." The, the bitch that sold her. it to me is Chinese. What the fuck she got to do with the Taliban? <laughs> yeah, but her supplier could have uh, been straight from the Taliban, right? Ah, the big homie. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it crazy how uh, how acceptable racism against Muslims was after nine eleven? That yeah. shit was crazy. They was calling them towel heads and shit like that. And know? it was totally okay. Regular. Like, they was coming up with shit because we didn't have shit ready for them like that. Like, <laughs> they was coming up with new shit. <laughs> we didn't have it ready. Like, it's I literally heard somebody say, y'all jihad motherfuckers better get out of here. I remember, like, to as you, a, when you were wearing the cap. No, 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 no. As, as a kid, I didn't really, like, I, I wasn't familiar with, like, anti-Muslim racism. I hadn't really seen it yet. And then all of a sudden 9-11 happens and there was this guy who is actually dead now, but he he owned the car garage that my parents would go to to get their cars worked on or whatever. And my dad was like kind of sort of friends with him. And I remember going there to get my car fixed and looking at the back of this dude's truck and there's a big sticker on the back of it. This is like three days after 9-11 and it says, let's just kill them all and let Allah sort them out. Oh, shit. And I'm like 16 and I'm looking at it like, oh, all right. So this never, is some different shit. Never forget wasn't sufficient. He went all the way balls to the wall with it. I later like realized that this guy was just an all around racist, and that I had kind of like missed out on it until I was like older. But yeah, that I mean, like, how do you just have a fucking bumper sticker like that two days after nine eleven? Mm -hmm. And it was totally state sponsored because clearly, like, the government wanted us to go invade some shit. For reasons yeah. that were pretty flimsy, like what did Iraq have to do with fucking nine eleven or whatever? But ninety eight percent of Americans supported it. But yeah, just because they were like, eh, they they look like the same folks. You got to do something. Yeah. That's like they had bumper stickers with that little kid pissing on the Iraq flag. Of course, they <laughs> supported it. I don't feel like that's hate speech. I feel like Calvin pissing on something should be taken out of the hate speech conversation. Don't you think? It's just so cute. You yeah, know? it's adorbs. A little boy with it. it's so adorbs. Mm. Uh, my dad or my friend's dad listened to Michael Savage all the time, who was like a gnarly conservative radio host and my friend's dad after 9-11 just started telling like a carload of fifth graders that just got back from soccer practice he's like i'm telling you we drop a nuke on mecca we'll have a hundred years of peace <laughs> that's crazy just a hundred years fifth grade just like just a bunch of fifth graders in the back with juice boxes like oh boy that was fun today just like yeah you think that's fun Wait till you see me drop a nuclear bomb on Mecca. But you had a real life Uncle Jimbo. Pretty dude, where I came from, like Orangevale, that those guys existed. But for we, sure. we kind of know that the opposite of that is true now, right? Where if you like continuously blow up places in the Middle East, that the younger dudes will, you know, emerge from that. The children will grow up learning to hate America and then they will inevitably like join organizations and mm -hmm. wreak havoc upon us. 100%. Or and, whoever and, they can. And when you depose a dictator, it creates a power vacuum and just a sketchier guy comes and takes his place. Mm. Or a guy at least who's like equally bloodthirsty and he's going to have control of the military. Yeah, I remember when we thought we beat the Taliban and then they remixed it and brought out ISIS. I was like, damn. <laughs> You gotta do this shit all over again. All they did was just change their name. Wicka wicka. <laughs>
Yeah, who's Wicca next? Wicca Remix. There's got to be another crew on the come up, right? Oh, dude. So oh. we got the Taliban, ISIS. ISIS is a good name. It's kind of sexy. Like, there was a metal band, speaking of. Who oh, I ISIS. saw open for Cradle of Filth in 1997. Ooh. And I remember, like, when ISIS came out a few years later, I was just like, so not the band. It's not those guys <laughs> I saw at the Worcester Palladium, right? <laughs> Their bassist is the minister of propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, th- there was like a hair salon that I think is still in business by my hometown called like Isis Salon. And I think they're good now. I think they've recovered. But it's sort of like um, like Cor- like people probably weren't eager to run out and drink a Corona with a lime in it during COVID. You know, like yep. sometimes shit just happens that you can never predict. And it tanks your band's ticket sales or your salon customers or your beer sales. Yeah, everything changed after 9-11. All the happy music went away. Hmm. When you th- Yeah, when you think about... Like the happy vibe of like the '90s and stuff. Mm. 9/11 pretty much. Think hey, okay, that stops here. Everything needs to be a little bit more introspective, a little bit more edgy, a little bit more. You know, like just being happy to be an American and living in this country with a great economy and everything's going good. I feel like that kind of ended with 9/11. Yeah, shit was necessary though because. That's the only way you could get from I can see clearly now the rain is gone to can't keep my dick in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say it's almost like NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys' careers like went down with 9-11 in a way. Yeah. I might, I might I blame be fucking Eminem. up the I blame Eminem because remember, that was right around the time when Eminem was on all of them hard, like mm. anti-pop, anti-Christina Aguilera, all that shit. Like fucking Just seems up. like such an easy target to knock down at this point. If uh, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC or like the two World Trade Center buildings is <laughs> O-Town Tower 7. <laughs> or 98 Degrees. 98 Degrees. Yeah. Nick Lachey, he just uh, no, no plane didn't even strike us. This is the first steel skyscraper to come down from the fire. Yeah. So okay, uh, court. I'm sure we'll see a lot more of you on the channel, but I'm glad that we got to use Sludge Lords as a place to document this tale of how you went from sliding me some some green hulks to being here on the pod. Yeah, man, that was that was a great day for me. Actually, there's a vlog of that on the No Jumper channel of. Wait, of, the, we, of the day we met, it's not. Isn't the handshake is not in it? What day was it? Shame. I'm gonna find it for you because I know where it's. I know which, uh, vlog. I know what the thumbnail is. I'm was it one with Juice World in it? No, no, no. But I'm wearing like a Harvard T-shirt. It's when you had that barbecue or some shit like that. Dude, Master of disguise, the, the Harvard T-shirt. <laughs> oh yeah, that was another lie I used to tell. Man. Fuck yeah. But we we just had so many like little back backyard parties there and stuff like every weekend. This one was the first one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it was when we were brand new. I could probably go find it myself right now. But yeah, let me know what that one is because that would be an important part of history. But I I, re- I just reposted on my story. Basically, all right, we got to cover this real quick. So Aaron Carter was doing a little run where he came on the podcast like a bunch of times during like 2018, and then ha- you were there one day just hanging out on some regular shit, right? The way I ended up there was because of your ass. God I told it. you I said, yo, when Aaron <laughs> Carter comes in, they ask him this, this, this. I had a few questions. You said. Yo, come and ask him yourself. What were the questions? I can't. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but I told him to tell him that he need people around him to tell him when he's bugging out because he's bugging the fuck out and shit like that. Pretty and then decent advice. when I got there, I was on some shit where I, like he looked like he was ready to start a fight. Mm-hmm. So I was, I'm not gonna talk to him because if he do some wild shit, I'm gonna end up shooting this motherfucker. Mm. Yeah. So like everybody knew that I wasn't gonna ask, but there was a redacted person. I was working there at the time. Such a pro, dude, with redactions. Oh, yeah, yeah, Shout yeah. Shout out Cam yeah. Girl. <laughs> yeah, Cam Girl was there. I still got love for her. 
No, nah, all right, cool. I just didn't know if she was comfortable being mentioned. So that's no, the only I'm reason why the meme became a thing of like of calling her redacted or whatever <laughs> is just because they did this roast battle one time, and like this is. No, nah, I remember. So this is like this this chick who used to be on the podcast, right? And at, at a certain point, we stopped working together. We just decided it wasn't a good fit or whatever. But we got a, we we went out of it. Like, okay, we're cool. We're like I seen her multiple times after that. We're always cool. Smiles, whatever. And then the guys did like a roast battle and. One of the guys on the No Jumper crew at that time was her ex-boyfriend, and somebody just immediately has to like throw her name in it. She blocks me. She blocks everybody on the fucking squad. So mm-hmm. that was nice that I had to lose so that relationship. She, yeah. she wasn't aware that I wasn't going to come up on camera anymore. So at the end of the interview, she's like, oh, our friend wants to ask you some questions. And I'm sitting there like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good. So then she's like, all right, cool, never mind. They shut the cameras off. Everything wraps. Aaron Carter walks up to me, leans over, pulls up his pants, and goes, you had something you wanted to say to me? <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, oh, shit, I'm getting banged on by I want candy. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so I was like, bro, I ain't, I didn't want to say nothing to you. He's like, no, you had something to say. Why don't you say it? I'm like, oh, shit, okay, cool. So basically, I think that... You need people around you to tell you when you're wilding out because you have a tattoo of your face on your face that looks like Rihanna and Rihanna don't know you, right? And so, he got it. He like met me and got this crazy face tattoo like two or three days later, which it kind of stood out to us like it was in the same exact fucking place as mine and shit. Yeah. Like it, it kind of weirded us out. I'll be real. Yeah, little uh-huh. to no torso coverage, by the way. Like he didn't follow <laughs> tattoo protocol at all. Mm. He did have a six six pack though. Because there's some photos of me and him like pulling up our shirts, and his shit is chiseled. Uh, that's got to be genetics or <laughs> cocaine use. Yeah, drug use, probably. I don't think he's working Played a role. So anyway, I'm like, yo, back the fuck up. What you doing? So he's like, oh, I got something for you. So he stands straight up, and he starts reaching on his waist. Mind you, I'm carrying guns everywhere. But I took the clip out because I'm in no jump. I don't want this shit to like, It's only there if somebody rushes in with a gun, whether it's fake or not. I'm sending him to Tupac, right? Mm. So <laughs> BIPOC. <laughs> good call, guys. Good Setting call, up guy. to BIPOC. Heaven. BIPOC Shakur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm changing my Instagram name. It's over. <laughs> BIPOC Shakur. Damn, dude. I can't do it, so you should. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. That'd so, be an insane comedy character, like a super politically correct, like. But, Tupac impersonator. Yeah, we, with the Tupac cadence and everything. <laughs> Fucking up with the bandana. Oh my god! Yeah, just do the Tupac like songs, but make them woke. Oh, there's your comedy routine. Fucking unbelievable, dude. It'll you, pop. You can you you can do the BIPOC thing. Oh yeah, that'll go over great. Anyway, so you shot him. I, no, so uh, like right. he, he's reaching for his waist, and I'm like, oh fuck that! I'm not about to get shot by I want candy. Yeah, dude. So I reach for my shit, and I and I get it out. But by the time I get it out, he has his phone out. That's what he's reaching for. Apparently, he has one of those old nigga waist clips where you can clip your phone into your waist. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to. But by the time I got my shit out, his security guard, uh, I think his name was Sal, he jumps in the middle. He's pulling Aaron Carter back. And I was like, I could have shot your dumb ass. You over there reaching for your waist in the middle of this argument. But I felt so embarrassed. I didn't want a nigga out there. So actually, Jason was pretty tight at me, too, because he was just like, bro, you don't argue with people in here, something like that. He was pissed at me, and I felt embarrassed, so I left. And I texted Adam, and I'm like, I'm sorry for wilding out in there. You know, I know that your place of business is not for that. And he's like, dude, come on the show and talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. Fuck that. Standard Adam response. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you, you pulled a gun on a washed-up child pop star? Tell me more. He wasn't washed up at the time. 
Yeah, he didn't wash up for days at that time. That nigga stink. Nah. <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace, bro. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, um, after that, I went on the show and I spoke about it and it was cool. And I felt like that was my first, first time on a podcast. And that was when I felt like I could do it because everybody in the comments and, you know, the comments could be vicious on the channel. They was just like, yo, this guy's like Maul. Like, he's cool. He's like, yo, keep him. Give him some. I feel like you know, you've done a lot of things Maul hasn't done. Yeah, 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 I don't know. yeah. For I, sure. I, actually, I don't know. Maul's probably sold some drugs, right? He wouldn't admit to it. Maul yeah, yeah, but he wouldn't talk about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> nah, he's cool as shit, though. So I felt honored by that, and I, I really wanted to get into the podcast. Mm. That's crazy, because that's my one of my big regrets is that like throughout the Melrose era, 2017, 2018, 2019, I should have been more open-minded to like turning some of the interesting characters that are around at the store and shit into hosts, but we hadn't really done it yet, mm -hmm. and it didn't really... like. I don't know. It just kind of felt like overwhelming. So I like when I when I think about that, I'm like, fuck, I should have locked in with you then. But I'm glad that we're trying some shit out now. Hell yeah. And the thing about it also, I didn't never want to ask him for that because from the day I met him, I just seen people asking him for shit. And when I see that with people, I never want to ask them. It's like the girl I know always gets told she's pretty. I'm not going to compliment her on being pretty. I'm going to say you got a strong back or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. You got a smooth back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I always play hard to get with Adam, you know. Can't let him think I'm easy. I, I don't think is. I don't think. I, I think. Uh, go ahead, bro. I was looking through your Reddit today, and I saw some of your fans saying that you make fifty thousand dollars a month. Double it. Double it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like fifty k a month. That wouldn't even. I wouldn't ever say anything about it, except for the fact that when we went to the comedy uh, show that one time, that he was trying to like, you know, like rich shame me. He was like, "Oh my god, like he's got a Gucci shirt on. He pulls up in the SUV Uber. Yeah, yeah. He's like pointing out all these things that I'm not thinking about well, and being like, look at your privilege. Wow. I mean, there was just a, a sharp, a sharp contrast because I showed up to that show in a barrel. <laughs> 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 you jumped out the Lambo. Rock a barrel in a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm, you seem uh, like you got a bright future in podcasting and comedy, dude. It's been a pleasure podcasting with you, Corey. Uh, yo, you know what? Yeah. From a racist, I really believe you, bro, because no, fuck it with There it is. So, we, bro, get, <laughs> we got it. We got to get this cultural divide right. <laughs> what is that? What is that? <laughs> Are you on the spectrum? <laughs> My mom is a special ed teacher. Oh, okay, cool. I was a special off. ed student. So that's why nice. he's 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 gained so much influence from the retarded community. Absolutely, the dude. It's like you got the Muslim Brotherhood in your pocket. I got the tards. They got oh, my back. Oh, you abbreviated it. Oh, dude, they'll show up at a short bus. They will fuck you up in the parking lot, dude. Every thread I make to any of our guests, it always has to deal with our parking lot. Yeah, but something that but I noticed you haven't threatened to rape him in the parking lot, which is cool. Well, Accord is just the kind of guy, I mean, he's got the weapon that killed Adolf Hitler mm. in his gun belt. He's just not the guy I want to screw around with. Bumping yeah. BIPOC Schiffer in his headphones. <laughs> yeah, fuck that, dude. I'm not screwing with this guy. He's a BIPOC man with two pistols. Let's go. You know what? I passed the test, bro, because when I told my mother I was coming on here, she's like, oh, it's the guy that rape people, right? Well, your mom knows about my history of rape? Only because the, the thing was such a huge deal. Like, it was discussed in my house, at least. Wait, 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 wait. House. What was such a big deal? Uh, my household wait, name. Didn't you say he wanted to, like, choke AD until he passed out and then... I think he's threatened to rape T-Rail, AD, pretty much everybody Yeah, that's what on. I'm saying. Your <laughs> mom knew about it? My mom is in tune, bro. Holy shit. Yeah. It's just like, a mom right When there. I tell you I watched him jumping, like, 
if I'm at my mom's house, like I'll watch No Jumper in the living room because it's all in my YouTube recommendations and everything. Like That's fine. YouTube really ain't shit outside of like the channels that put out stuff daily. Yeah. Like you guys got a good flow. I've been thinking about that lately is how I need to get into more Netflix shows because my like I save videos. Whenever I save a video I want to watch on YouTube, I save it to my watch later. My watch later has been at a fucking standstill all week. Mm. Like, I'm only finding, like, a couple things in my subscription inbox that I want to watch per day. So I'm kind of like, all right, I got to I gotta step it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you like to watch? Court? Gay porn. Nah. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, that's... Nah, I watch straight porn, man. But I don't, I don't even... I haven't been watching porn. But when I, what I do like to watch is um I like to watch the Jamie Foxx show. I'm a huge fan of Jamie Foxx. Talented, I've been dude. watching The Last of Us. Mm, which that's is, what I'm on. Yeah, I fuck with that. That's pretty cool. Season finale Sunday night, huh? Yep. Woo-hoo-hoo. But you know what sucks is that, so it's a show based on a video game, which I did not know when I started watching it. Me neither. But now I realize that I could, and, and because the, the, the show is very much based on the video game, like directly, so I could play the video game through the second series and I could like cheat on watching the show. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to do that. Yeah, but well, I, do I could that. if I wanted to. I watch a lot of HBO though. Like I, I'll rewatch the Sopranos and the wire mm. and all of that other shit, like the best of HBO, like Oz and all of that other shit, bro. Like I love those shows. Like those are so dope. It's the best streaming platform. HBO max pound for yeah. pound. They have the best like commitment to quality. Comedy is great on there too. Netflix yeah, just is. has everything now. Yeah. Good stand-up on Netflix. Netflix is the king of stand-up. Mm. Sometimes. I mean, sometimes, too, it's just, like, a corporate name or, like, a chick who they're giving a huge special because she's a chick. But yeah. a lot of times they have, like, great quality, too, Definitely. as far as their stand-up specials. Okay, we got another Sledge Lords with Bizzle coming next. So, Bizzle. Sledge Lords fans, stay tuned. Let us know what you think of Court in the comments. I'm sure you're going to do that without me telling you to do it. And we out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we'll do that. 